What is happening, Javier Hase, my friend? We are here welcoming people in to another episode of Cannabis Insider here, clicking along, man. How's it going? Doing great, doing great. Is my mic doing okay? You sound perfect. Yes, sir. Lyric Yes, your lyric cannabis-infused tenor is beautiful today. Y'all, welcome to Cannabis Insider. We give you 30 minutes twice a week chatting about cannabis, chatting to the leaders in the industry about what they're doing so you get to hear directly and drop your questions in the chat throughout. I want to emphasize that. Please drop your questions in the the chat throughout. Say hi, drop your stocks, uh, but this is your chance. Ask, Ask these leaders some questions, but First and foremost, you know what we do here. We are a media platform, and we have the best uh, cannabis journalist in the land, and Javier <laughs> drops some knowledge bombs on us every single time we get on. So I'm going to turn it over to you, bud. Yes, sir. First off, news. Some, somebody's out of Switzerland in Europe. Switzerland is removing medical marijuana access limitations as demand rises. They confirm that Ooh. they will remove any limitations to medical marijuana use starting August 1st, 2022. Uh, Patients are required to seek exceptional authorization from the health ministry to get the prescriptions uh, right now, which causes delays. And what they're saying now is um, it will be easier for physicians to prescribe medical cannabis in Switzerland, which is, by the way, one of the most interesting markets in Europe. Even though it's a small country, it's one of the few that really has a robust medical program. Um, right now, here's here's an interesting way to play it, by the way, since we're talking stocks. Um, uh, at the moment in Switzerland, only licensed medical marijuana products containing less than 1% THC can be sold. So for instance, you can play it uh, investing in jazz pharmaceutical, uh, jazz that, that, you know, it's spelled just like the music, J-A-Z-Z. And they sell uh, Epidiolex, which was created by GW Pharmaceuticals, a company they acquired by several billion dollars last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's really one of the, the most quote-unquote proven medical cannabis products internationally, wouldn't you say, Javi? Epidiolex? Oh, yeah. No, it's the number one. Yeah, far. yeah. I would say so, first, too. I didn't want to be FDA that approved, about it. Yeah, but. first FDA-approved product. A lot of people are, are, are already creating generic versions. They sell a bunch. It's authorized in, in countless countries. Uh, it's prescribed to children. You know, what do you think about Europe right now, just as a whole? You know, uh, we're, we're chatting about Switzerland. We, we chatted about Spain uh, last week. Uh, obviously, Germany's been in the news recently. It seems like they're picking up steam over there. Are you seeing? Yeah. I, are you getting bullish about that market, or are you still kind oh, of yeah. like oh, wait and I'm, see? I am super bullish, man. I think nice. like, Europe is a massive market. Uh, Germany, of course, uh, already has like eighty million people. Uh, it's a big market already, and uh, you know, Europeans are, are you know they don't have a lot of prejudice, right? They're right. They're smart. They're willing to, to now I have my earphones on. <laughs> Javier, our, our technology yeah. boomer over here. Uh, what's up? Born to be free. Mark Richards, welcome in. Any updates on the ice cream collaboration with Imac and Bolios? Is that cannabis? Javi, you know, you know what's going on? I don't know. Now I want ice cream though. Uh, so Mark, I don't have an update for you, but we can find one and tune in Thursday. 
Uh, and we'll Anakin figure that out for you. What do you that think is, about Item it, 9 Lab? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, you go, you go, you go. I was just going to say, you know what? We have two awesome interviews today, but a few more things before we get to it. OTC listed INLB almost completing their cannabis cultivation facility lab uh, and lab, I should say, in Nevada. They are one of the leading franchises in cannabis thus far. I would say we are in the infantile stages of what franchising will be in this industry. I'm sure Javier agrees. But Javi, this yes, just means, this just affects their franchise locations in Nevada, right? So, you know, they still have to operate in some fashion similar to an MSO, right? Does that limit them and their potential? I don't think so. And I, I'm trying to figure out how the hell you pronounce this city. Parump? I know. I, there's Parump. a reason I skipped it. There's a reason I went right to Nevada and skipped over the town name. Parump. P-A-H-R-U-M-P. Fantastic name. Uh, pa Rump. Regardless, I thought that was something cool to mention because I think Item 9 Labs has been pretty aggressive recently. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Here's some other news. Uh, a teaser here. We spoke to NBA star Isaiah Thomas during the last Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference, and he has a dream of making hemp cars. Or he had a dream of making hemp cars, which he is now making happen. He says all plastics will be made from cannabis. Go to Benzinga.com slash cannabis to read the entire article. Fantastic interview. I collaborated with Nico Rodriguez, one of our uh, top writers in the cannabis department at Benzinga. Uh, very, very interesting interview. And, and to a certain extent, right, like Isaiah is realizing uh, Henry Ford's dream of making hemp cars as well. So, so very cool, cool stuff. <laughs> it's so they're listed, right, Javi? Who is Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Thomas? Thomas? Yeah, OWPC, One World there Products. There they grow is. hemp uh, in Colombia. They are now doing a 1 million hectare project with uh, Amunafro, which is the uh, an organization of Afro-Colombian uh, mayors. Um, very, very cool. <laughs> Shady Wexler tuning in, giving us a throw-up sign. Sir, we're going to talk about that. Um, <laughs> awesome. So, Javier, we got two interviews today, so let's jump into it, man. I'm super excited yes, for this, and we did get some clarification from the chat on what you all meant. Thank you for that on Imac and Bolio's ice cream brand with... Uh, happening to be our next guest uh, with Ryan Crandall, the Chief Revenue Officer of Merimed. We're going to ask him about this and ask him to give us a little insight into it uh, and what that is. OTC listed MRMD. Aaron, bring him over. What's up, Ryan? Welcome in, my friend. How are you? Gentlemen, pleasure to meet you, and thank you for having me on. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you, dude. Um, you know, we have had Bob on here before. We've had Merimed, uh, you know, in our virtual settings several times. Uh, but this is our first time chatting with you. And I think we're going to touch on some things that we haven't had the chance on before. But first and foremost, tell us about you and how you made your way into Canada. Sure. I mean, it's been a it's been a long road and, uh, you know, a lot of twists and turns. But, you know, ultimately, you know, back in 2012, I, I actually met the uh, Bob Fireman and John Levine, who are our CEO and CFO and uh, in an them. advisory capacity. Right. So, 
you know, um, we were we were applying for a medical license in the state of Massachusetts, and they were our advisors back in 2012. Um, ultimately, we were unsuccessful getting a license in Massachusetts. We, I remember it was February of 2014, and we uh, we got an email from the state saying we, you know, we we just missed it. And um, so with that, I, I created a business plan uh, around creating an edibles brand, which ultimately became Betty's Eddies. And uh, staying staying close with Maramed, you know, uh, ultimately sold Betty's to Maramed in 2017, and then came on to run product and sales in 2018, and uh, and have been here since. But was promoted to chief revenue officer in January of this year. A natural fit. If you're it's been a it's product. been a wild road and awesome experience. <laughs> if, if you're leading on the product side of things, were you behind the huge brownie? Oh, I wish I could take credit for the huge brownie. To be completely transparent, you know, I, I, you know, at the end of the year, it was it was a tight timeline to get this thing created, and you know, it took some really key folks on our R and D team, uh, namely this team that you see on the screen. Uh, you know, putting in a lot of work at nights trying to figure out how to make this thing happen. And Howard Schachter, our chief communication officer, uh, who comes from Acreage, we um, love McDonald's, you, Facebook, right? So. Uh, he's, he's really a pro at, at PR and this was his brainchild. And, I love uh, it. I could have never dreamed it could be as, as successful as it ended up being. Wait, Aaron, can you throw that back up one more time, dude? Sorry. <laughs> I just, so y'all in the chat, if you are watching right now, drop a one in the chat. If you would join the cannabis insider crew and the chief revenue officer, Ryan Crandall of Merrimed and partaking in this drop a one in the chat. I should see no twos. Uh, but that's awesome. Thanks, Aaron. You can take that down, too. That's fantastic. Um, so, Ryan, let's talk about, you know, you come from Betty's Eddie's. We have sweet Jesus in the chat, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's absolutely the, the reaction we were going for. Uh, so, Betty's Eddie's, uh, you know, obviously, you I think you all have invested, um, you know, in, in several brands as Merrimed. You know, it looks like there's a partnership that you can go into as well with Imac and Bolio's ice cream. But I want to talk to you about trends uh, sure. and, you know, where you see cannabis going. Because, I mean, we can keep we talk about cannabis 2.0. We talk about edibles and, and beverages. And really, when it comes down to it, flower is still king, queen and mm. and prince. You know, so so what what do you think it, we should be focused on moving into 2023 and maybe beyond? Yeah, sure. I mean, I appreciate the question. I, you know, I, I'm excited about a lot of categories going forward, namely beverage, right? Social consumption and beverage really, I think is going, it has a, a large trajectory ahead of it. So I'm excited about beverage. Um, you know, ultimately I feel like quality, right? It's not a say it's, it's an overused term, right? Um, but ultimately, you know, when we think about products and brands and categories, we think about wanting to be one or two in those categories. And, I think to me, the, the biggest things around getting to those, getting to those um, numbers in terms of any category of product or brand, it's, it's really creating delicious products, right, that stand up without cannabis in them, that could, that could really compete with, you know, your supermarket brands or your craft homemade brands. They've got to stand up in that, in, from that perspective, and then they've got to be efficacious, right? And I think there's, you know, when you look at edibles, I mean, travel in the country, there's a lot of junk. You know, there's a lot of people grabbing money and and um, they're not really creating a, a loyal consumer base because their products aren't great. And so when we come out with a brand or a product, we're laser focused as a company 
on creating great products with or without cannabis. Then once we get to that place with a great product, it's all about, you know, making the product as efficacious as we can. And, and you know, you see a lot of companies using distillate in their edibles and and we don't. We, we take a full spectrum approach and uh, minor cannabinoid, you know, additions. And, you know, we take it very seriously that when we say a product is for sleep or for anxiety, that that we yeah. are making sure that it's not just a sativa hybrid indica. It, you know, a lot of those, you know, sp- specific terpenes and flavonoids get cooked out in the cooking process. So we always felt like that was a little disingenuous. So we really want our products to deliver on effect. Um, and, and as we look forward to new categories, that same kind of uh, mantra will hold true. One of the things, you know, earlier today, uh, Elliot and I and, and Patrick Lane at Benzinga as well, we're chatting with Vivian Azer. Uh, she's an analyst at Cowan. And we were talking about price compression, right? Um, how is this affecting Marimid, right? And, and I know this, this is a tough question, right? But like, yeah. how are you dealing with, with, with declining prices, with price pressures, and, you know, offsetting, are you offsetting with volume, traffic? What is it? Yeah, great question. I mean, and I, I hate to go back to quality, right? But, you know, we, you know, if you talk to Bob uh, about what he wants to be, I mean, it's all about being a house of brands and the best brands and, and having great distribution. And I think we we do both of those things in the states that were vertical and we do them very well. Um, and, you know, price compression is happening everywhere. We all know that, right? Um, in Massachusetts, it's happening. Maryland, it's happening. Illinois, to a lesser extent, which is a market we participate in. Um, that being said, what we've seen is we've been able to hold price uh, on almost all of our product portfolio. Um, you know, and, and I, I really do attribute that to having high quality brands, right? Our Nature's Heritage Flower is hand trimmed. And it, and it was widely regarded in the state of Massachusetts as, and Maryland as one of the top flowers in the state. You know, having that in a glass jar that, you know, it's not a mylar bag where the bud's getting crushed. And there's a real attention to detail on the flower side. There's a, a, a very specific attention to detail on the edible side of things um, and on the, infu- you know, on, on concentrates and, and vapes as well. So, you know, we haven't seen um, the price compression within our branded portfolio uh, that others are seeing. Um, that being said, um, you know, we, we are very aware of price compression and um and looking at ways to maybe capitalize on on that compression right and and um you know a value brand we're seeing a lot of the other msos come out with value brands and and lower lower tier brands and we're, we're considering those things and, and kind of testing that out um that being said we're focused on being a premium house of brands and and really holding price uh and never gouging on price but holding a premium uh, price point in all the categories we participate. Fantastic. We have a great question. Born to be free. Attention to detail. Are you a military dude? No, <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, so, you know, well, let's shift a little bit from price pressure to, to regional pressure here. Uh, shout out to Howard. Again, he sent me the list of states that Merimed uh, is in and your footprint might be one of the more interesting ones I've seen. Massachusetts, Illinois, Maryland, Maryland. Delaware, and Nevada. I mean, yes. you, you basically said who needs these populous markets with the exception of, of the first two, right? So like, you're, you know, those last three, you know, there, there's definitely um, some conversation that I'd love to hear from you, especially on Delaware. What is that market like? Give me some insight there. Sure. I mean, it's a medical only market. So we, we manage a business. It's a not-for-profit state. So we manage a business there uh, called First State Compassion. 
Uh, we've got two of the six dispensaries in that state, and there's only there's only six dispensaries, right? So there are 20,000 registered patients in the state. It's a relatively small market. Across our two dispensaries, we have over 50% of the eligible population uh, visiting our dispensaries, right? Uh, we just launched Betty's Eddie's down in Delaware. Edibles just became uh, legal in the state. So there were no edibles allowed in that medical program uh, until recently. Um, we've added Betty's Eddie's to the portfolio, Bubby's Bake to the portfolio, and we're literally just uh, launching Vibations over the last week, which is our powdered cannabis energy drink mix. Um, so, it, you know, it's it, Delaware is going great. Uh, adult use is on the horizon. Uh, I think it just got pushed out uh, from a regulatory perspective. I'm not sure that it's going to happen as soon as we would like. Uh, that being said, it's, a, you know, it's a small market with a lot of, a uh, lot of upside. Awesome. Awesome. Javier, another question before, uh, unfortunately we have to wrap here. Yeah, I'll, I'll have the last one. If you want me to wrap, I'll wrap. <laughs> um, but for real, some questions, you know, looking a little bit into the future, are there any specific consumer trends, product categories, anything you're excited about? What, what should, should we be looking at, you know, in the next couple of years? Yeah, I mean, I, I already kind of alluded to it. I mean, I'm very, I, I was very disappointed when Vegas pushed out social consumption before the pandemic. I, I mean, it, it felt like all, you know, Planet 13 and, uh, you know, a lot of these dispensaries were really anticipating beverage being a big mover. And I feel like, um, you know, when I have folks over to the house and I have cannabis beverage and craft beer in the fridge, it's awesome to be able to allow people to choose. Right. And, and it's interesting, the folks that choose a cannabis beverage that have never had them. I, I feel like it's a very easy way for people to get into cannabis oh, yeah. that maybe haven't been or they're coming back to it. Um, and, and I think social consumption is really going to light a flame underneath beverage. So I'm very excited about beverage, both pow powdered for a discreet, um, you know, infusion as well as, uh, you know, ready to drink beverages. You know, I do have one more. I lied to you, Javier. I apologize. Uh, love you. Uh, but I, we did promise Mark in the chat that we would ask how the ice cream's going. Yeah. So we launch ice cream next month in Massachusetts. So we have a partnership with Emac and Bolios which, you know, from a, they are craft ice cream, right? And uh, they created one of the best vegan ice creams I've ever tasted in my life. Um, and uh, so we're coming to market with a couple dairy flavors, a couple vegan flavors, and I think we're going to create a lot of hay. Um, it's, it's the best cannabis ice cream product I've ever tasted. Um, and I think it's, it's got a lot of legs and it's really efficacious. I, I'm I'm so curious now. Um, so <laughs> Come on up to Massachusetts I, next I, month, and I'd be happy to have an ice cream with you. We will be there. Um, Ryan, feel free to drop your question in the chat. I'm sorry, Ryan Acker in the chat. Drop your question for Ryan Crandall in the chat. And Ryan Crandall, if you want to stick around, uh, we'll moderate this question to you and get the answer uh, back to you, Ryan Acker. But we do have one more interview that we need to get to. So Ryan Crandall, it's a pleasure having you, my friend. Uh, super excited to get some updates from you. Uh, on how Massachusetts progresses. Hopefully we can get past the state of the economy, inflation, and just the, the just I'm sure the, the troubles in the markets that we're all seeing <laughs> on the cannabis side specifically. But uh, it is a pleasure to chat with you about what's next in this industry. Javi, Elliot, uh, pleasure, to, pleasure to be on. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, my friend. Talk soon. Thank you. Cheers. Awesome. So Aaron, if you wouldn't mind taking that question from the, from Ryan Acker in the chat and send it to Ryan yep. Crandall and backstage, and we will let you know, Ryan Acker, right after this awesome interview that we have next.
Oh, Javier's giving me the finger again. Oh yeah, no, I wanted to do three quick headlines because we got, okay. you know, I got to break three <laughs> exclusive uh, news items that I'm very excited about. One, multi-state cannabis operator Greenlight opened its 20th dispensary this time in Kansas City. Another exclusive, Mike Tyson's brand, Tyson 2.0, is collaborating with Stundeglass to launch Tyson 2.0x Stundeglass, which of course is a gravity bomb. Go check it out. Last but not least, Leisure Town. Big shout out to Leisure Town, a beverage brand as well. They collaborated with Diplo and Rob Durdak, uh, uh, right. who is a skater, and they're launching cannabis seltzers uh, via an agreement with Herbal. So Leisure Town, Diplo, and Rob's new cannabis beverage. My bad for encroaching on the headlines, guys. Good gosh. <laughs> born, to be, born to be free is protecting Javi's headlines. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Okay. So how about this, Javi? You can have another headline segment after this as well. Ryan Acker, don't go anywhere. We'll get the, the answer for you here right after this. But first, we have another awesome interview with Alex Boone, the managing director of Botany or Botany. Either way, we're going we're gonna to get the answer here shortly. But I'm going to say Botany because I'm from Kentucky and that's what it looks like to me. So let's bring him on, Aaron. Was I right? Hey guys. Was I right? Botany? It's Botani. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite all right though. Yeah, no Botani. Oh man. It, yours is way better. I, should I know. Put, I should put some phonetics up there. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, how are you, man? I'm doing fine. Appreciate the opportunity. Really fun to listen to you guys for the past 20 minutes. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, now we get to chat with you and understand what do you do in cannabis? Tell us about you. Yeah, certainly uh, uh, Botani. Botani is a, uh, an experience of uh, premium hemp wraps, mm -hmm. uh, fillers, and rolling papers. And we're a B2B supplier to the industry. Our forte is to make brands successful. And we brought a new line of uh, papers uh, to the industry, uh, primarily through our, our hemp wraps with the legalization of uh, the 2018 farm bill, we got into this business to say, hey, we need to bring something true cannabis-like to the uh, industry. And we felt that our experience, our legacy of what we've been born out of, which is 400 years of paper making, um, we felt that we had something to offer to this industry full on, not indirect, but full on directly. So yeah, that's what, that's what we're trying to do here. And uh, Certainly want to answer a lot of your questions that you may have them because we are uh, launching a lot of new stuff and some interesting items for people to work with, for brands to be successful. I just want to emphasize, did you say yeah. 400 years? Four, zero, zero. That is correct. Okay. Can't, what does that mean? <laughs> cool. 400 years. We've been making paper for a long time. And, <laughs> you know, indirectly for cannabis, probably just over 100 years now through rolling papers. We... Our rolling papers are produced in the southern France at our factory in Papagrise de Saint-Jérôme, France. And we've been in this business indirectly for a very long time. And so coming with the farm bill, we made the decision very much like Ryan guessed before us, you know, certain things trigger certain uh, uh, strategic directions. We felt that with our processes for botanical reconstitution, which is taking leaves and flowers from plants, turning them into papers, 
we felt, hey, why not we take hemp? It's legal now. Let's take hemp and do the exact same thing. So we're pleased to have a, a full line of products that we can offer to brand owners. Now, it seems to me, oh, sorry, Javi, do you want to go? Now, with the product, I just have a quick question about the product itself. Sure. So it seems to me that uh, unless you have like a, a desired flavor profile or something like that, you could use pretty much every part of the hemp plant, right, to do that? For the most part. So today, the um, most rolling papers are made from the stalk or the bast fibers. That's how traditional paper is made. But what makes our product, this product unique for hemp wrap, it's made from the flower. So we Very take cool. the flower and we make the wrap out of it. And I'll show you an example, just a little bit of show and tell. This one is uh, one of our gummed wrappers that we've just recently introduced, which takes the best of a blunt wrap, yet adds a glue line so that you could put it into a traditional package. This is a traditional roll your own booklet versus a traditional blunt style full pouch. Mm -hmm. We do both, we make products for both. But what we're trying to do is open that market a little bit bigger for those value conscious folks, as well as those who are looking for the environmentally friendly type options. That's exactly where I was going. But Javier, you first, and then I'm going to circle back to that. I have two back-to-back -back questions. One is easy and short. The other one is a little bit tougher. One is for, for the audience. What is What are fillers, right? You Like papers are pretty self-explanatory. What are fillers? Yeah, so filler is what we've done is we've been able to make a very homogeneous product that is cut and looks like a tobacco where you yeah. could make a hemp stick in this form and or use this to infuse with flavors so for those msos and dispensaries out there that want to create a a homogeneous product that will infuse with flavor with flour they have some options that they can work with really is an interesting product especially for the non-tobacco non-nicotine market uh, for uh, cigarette replacement now the other one is the tough one it's uh you know, there, there are a few household brands in, in the paper space, and it's actually one of the few uh, subsectors of the cannabis industry where there are internationally known brands, right? You got yeah. Raw, you got OCB, you got Zigzags, you know, you got Lion Rolling Circus out of Argentina, you know, shout out to my, my friends there. Um, what makes you different, right? Because, of course, there's a lot of discussion. No, you know, I love raw. OCB is the worst. No, OCB is the best. You know, zigzag suck, right? It's like it, it's, it, it gets fiery. <laughs> no pun intended, you know, when it comes to cannabis consumers. So what, what makes Botani? Yes, certainly. Botani is actually what makes those brands, helps make the brands like that successful. We're the base operators of paper around the world. Now, our, our customers like us to be anonymous, of course, um, it's their brand. And we, we thrive at doing that. We help make other brands successful. Huh. What brings us unique, why we wanted to come to the market so forward with this, is we believe we have an experience that we can bring with this new style of paper that's made from flour, predominantly for the blunt business and for wraps, you know, new sticks with different types of paper. If you guys can see this, hopefully the audience can as yeah, well. Yeah. But this is 100% made from hemp flour. So we're trying to bring something different to the market that's natural, 
made from all hemp, very easily infusible with flavors. And it also has a very nice release. So I'm not saying that we're better than raw or OCB. When I'm saying we make products that will help make their products better. And we believe that this new experience is premium. Our whole ability to bring help bring a brand to market is a premium experience. And whether we do it with a standard rolling paper, we do it with a hemp rolling paper, or we step it up and we move to a blunt style paper to make so uh, a really intriguing experience, we can do the whole, whole thing for you. And so that's our forte, making big brands or even small brands make them successful so they can help grow and be bigger. I love that. 400 years of, uh, of good partnerships. Um, you're doing something right in business. So I want to circle back to the environmentally friendly. When I think of uh, plant-based um, anything, you know, you think of, of renewable, hopefully of reusable, uh, especially when it comes to something like this. Um, but I, I think a lot of times sustainability is missed in the making of these products. And I'm curious, um, you know, how you all, you know, you mentioned the word environmentally friendly um, to burn, but I'm assuming you all think about that on the front end as well when you make these products. Yeah, we do. So our corporation has a, a big ESG uh, report that we put out on consumption, water consumption, paper making is very heavy on water and electricity intensive. I'm not going to get into those details, but one of the things that we strive is that the biodiversity of making this kind of paper, because we are using a typically a post-extracted biomass. And by taking that biomass that used to be someone's waste, who paid and threw it away, we're taking that, we're using it to make our paper. It creates a revenue stream for the farmer and or the extractor who can in turn reinvest in sustainable practices. Yet we're creating something that's good for the consumer because it is natural. Mm. It is something that that can carry the flavors that they're looking for. And when we talk about the options of us bringing a gummed paper to, to market, is that although there's nothing wrong with this foil package, but there's more and more people, especially in the European, as we talked, you talked in the previous first part of this segment about how Europe's getting ready to explode. Well, Europe doesn't want to explode with a bunch of foil single-use plastic type products. No. Not so by all. introducing a product that will allow them to use the same packages that they're used to doing, same infrastructure, same package, let's just put a different piece of paper on. You can bring a whole new elevated experience for the consumer that they didn't have before. So introducing blunts, which blunt wraps are not as big in Europe, they're, they're emerging. Mm -hmm. Let's bring something that's a little bit different that can allow them to really expand and bring a new experience. I love that. And honestly, I was discussing like two days ago here in Colombia with some friends, right? What, what do you do with the waste uh, or what's left after you produce hemp or you produce cannabis, right? Can you make fabrics? And they go like, no, you know, the stems are a little bit too short, right? What do you do right now? We just, you know, compost them. It's great for the plants, but you don't need as much, right? So I love that, that you came up with this creative solution for hemp production waste. Exactly. We're, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're super excited about it. And, and, you know, if you really want to get created, if I'm a farmer and I have my own brand, I can take my product, you send it to me, I'll make a wrap for you out of it. 
you can smoke your flour with your post-extractive biomass wrap. It's all farm to table. Boom. From beginning to end. That's cool, man. It's almost craft-esque, like what you're doing. It's like a craft rolling paper and wrap. Exactly. But our 400 years from scalability. 1945. Also, you are a 400 year old private company. No, we are a public company. You are a public company. I was like, like, that doesn't sound right to me. (laughs) Fantastic. That's awesome. What is, do you have a ticker that just so our audience? Ticker ticker today is our our parent corporation is uh, SWM International. So it's SWM on New York. New York. Okay. SWM, y'all on the NICE. Um, check that out, but obviously, Alex, uh, how do you pronounce that? Schweitzer Modwit, yeah, you don't want to pronounce it. Schweitzer Modwit International, perfect. You take all kinds of things to be confusing to people for pronunciation. No, No, it's we know Benzinga audience knows now. If they weren't watching this, then they're not going to know, but it's Botani. We, We got it. Uh, so Born to Be Free says you're changing the game in raps. For me, you're changing the game in reps that you, you originated the game too. So um, <laughs> awesome, Alex. Any last words for our audience, my friend? Oh, look, I'm super excited to be involved in this business. That's why we went all in. That's why we pushed ourselves to be out of, the, out of tobacco, at least my responsibility, move it all towards this. We really feel good about it. Um, we, we know that there's uh, these young brands out there. We want to help them be successful. Um, and the mature ones as well, because we we believe that uh, uh, they can benefit as well. So we're excited about it. Um, watch out in the near future for some new products. We're still going to keep on bringing new things out and new options for our uh, brand owners out there. Awesome. Alex Boone, Managing Director of Botani, SWN on the NICE. Thank you so much for being with us. Great. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you awesome. very much. Be well, my friend. All right. Wow. Honestly, I, I did not realize that um, they were listed. That is bad on me. But then again, they weren't my guests that I brought on. I blame you. M on the New York Stock Exchange. SWM. SWM. All right. Born to be free. Tiny Pie Media. Uh, Todd. Uh, Ryan. Mark. Howard. Donkey Lemon. I still love that name. I've seen it for years. Uh, thank you all so much for being with us. We got one more special interview for you today. We are halfway through these from MJ Unpacked. But before we get to that, Javier, any, anything else you want to say to our awesome Zinger Nation while we have them? Just a bunch of puns. I think that's a wrap for us. But stick around. No, <laughs> uh, no, for real. Benzinga.com slash cannabis for your daily dose of cannabis news. 40 articles every day. Remember, Benzinga.com slash cannabis. BZ Cannabis to check out our upcoming events in Chicago, September 13 and 14 at the Palmer House, where deals get done for real. Like, just go raise your millions of dollars. This is where you make it happen. If you're feeling like visiting a nice destination, join us in Panama for Latam Cannabis, September 1 and 2. You beat me to it. I was going to plug you if you didn't. Uh, Javi's Panama event's going to be killer, y'all. Definitely make sure you check that out. And Elliot's Cannabis Daily every day, as the name says. Well, not weekends, right? But <laughs> market, market days, right? We look at market days. But we'll be back tomorrow morning. Tune on your LinkedIn, BZ Cannabis Twitter, uh, around like 820. Uh, we'll do a little live stream for you. But with that, Javier, always a pleasure, my friend. Love you. Respect you. You're the best. Love our audience. Thank you guys so much. Yvette Pagano, Chief Scientific Officer from Gentech Scientific. 
is joining us right now. Stay tuned. All right, welcome back. MJ Unpacked, we are Benzinga Cannabis Insider. My name's Elliot Lane, here with Yvette Pagano, Chief Commercial Officer of Gentech Scientific. But the story doesn't end there. I was just getting enlightened on everything you do. So why don't you just pick up where you left off with me uh, with what you do for Gentech and also another company. Um, thank you so much for having me. I'm a huge fan of Benzinga. <laughs> I think you guys put out great content, so I'm so happy to be here. Oh, we're happy to have you. Yeah, so thank you so much. Um, so as I was saying, I am the Chief Commercial Officer of Gentech, but I'm also the Chief Commercial Officer of our recent acquisition, Conquer Scientific. So they were our largest competitor, and now they're our best friend. I love it. I love it. So really quick, before we get into uh, the M&A strategy you were just telling me about, sure. let's start with a really quick uh, summation of Gentech and Conquer. Okay, so we are in the refurbished analytical science equipment business. So we are industry agnostic, um, but our fastest growing segment has been cannabis, hemp and psychedelic startup testing labs. So we've had a great success in that lane, if you will. Oh, <laughs> and uh, so here, so that's, you know, why we've been, you know, focusing on the, on the cannabis. Did you start in cannabis? The company? Did, yeah. No, so they've been around for 26 years. So it right. started in 1996 and um, it's since been purchased by Lakelet Capital, but the original owner, um, you know, he bought a piece of science equipment and he refurbished it and he sold it and then he bought more science equipment and refurbished it and sold it and so the business um, grew from there. Our largest uh, customers are universities, uh, academia, like research centers. So if you're um, a PhD and you know you need grant funding and you want to study uh, water, you know you want to mm -hmm. study phosphate and water or something like that, you can, you know, get a refurbished piece of science equipment from Gentech for about $150,000, wow. or you can write five more grants and get a brand new piece of equipment for about $600,000. I can just write five more grants, yeah. do that in my sleep. Yeah, yeah. No. So, so they just, they really get the value of refurbished. Right. You know, the instruments can do, they're just as sensitive, they can do the same, same things as a brand new instrument, and... So for science, you know, they that's what they do. So same thing with the cannabis startup testing lab. Like you can get brand new stuff and it's amazing and it works great and it runs you about $1.2 million. Wow, can you talk to me about the pipeline itself in terms of like you, you sell to these universities, is there recurring revenue or is there always a need at these universities for this type of equipment? So both, so we uh, do service as well as actually about 50% of our business. Okay. So we've got service technicians and so the reoccurring revenue portion would be a service contract. So coming in, doing preventative maintenance, um, if you know something's broken, fix it, that kind of a thing. Um, and then we also will work on you know stuff we didn't sell. So I'll always you know make a joke. Oh, you know you're out of warranty, and Agilent won't call you back. You know you call your <laughs> friends at Gentech, and we'll come take care of you. So um, and then in terms of pipeline for actually getting equipment, um, we're always looking to buy um, okay. equipment. So we have a person who's job is procurement um, so because we've been around for so long labs will close they'll call us we'll buy the whole lab we'll trade in trade up 
Um, we buy anywhere in the world. We just got a bunch of stuff in from Spain the other day. So wow, um, we're seems, yep. Seems like a big part of the industry we don't talk about a lot. Yeah, well, testing. Te yeah, testing is uh, really important and. I almost feel like we have the ultimate, you know, picks and shovels in this gold rush here. It's like you have to test your cannabis. Mm -hmm. You have to. Yeah. And in order to become an accredited lab, you need science equipment. Fair you, enough. You can't you can't do it <laughs> yeah, otherwise. Literally There's, necessary. It's, yeah, you um, have to have it. So speaking of buying and procuring, yes. you're not just buying equipment, you're actually open to buying companies. Yes, we are. Yes. Can you um, tell us a little bit more? Certainly. So um, Gentech and Conquer are owned by uh, Lakelet Capital, which is um, a private equity firm out of Buffalo, New York. And so Lakelet is uh, wants to acquire um, additional uh, businesses of this nature. So uh, we did put out a press release when we bought Conquer and try to, you know, let other people and uh, refurbishers in the industry know, you know, that we're, so if you're, you know, want to join our team um, and then have another location, <laughs> um, be part of the, the growing family of Lakelet uh, portfolio companies. So we're looking for other refurbishers, both in the U.S. and abroad, and we're also looking for service organizations. So if you're a business and you're working on analytical equipment um, and you want to, again, join a, join a bigger team and, and have some strength behind you and some backing, then we would love to, to talk so to you. 26 years, what is the, uh, is there a market opportunity here for investors? Is there a thought of, um, you know, being a public company? It seems to me that a lot of ancillary stocks have led the way. Um, so it may not be, it's totally fine, I'm just curious. Uh, there's been a rush of companies to the public markets, but uh, it doesn't sound like you all are rushing to do that. No, that's not part of the strategy right now. Yeah. Um, you know, Which obviously. Which you probably couldn't say if it was anyway. Yeah, but. yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> private equity, they, they have a pretty, you know, basic playbook on what they what they do. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. I was just curious because uh, a, a lot of ancillary stocks, if they don't even do something that's quote unquote sexy, they are still a sexy investment. Yeah, um, which, yeah. Which is something to say, I think, for the scientific and development and lab side. Yeah. Because uh, R&D is just starting, it, you know, I think for all intents and purposes in this industry, if I'm not mistaken. No, I, I think you're totally right. And we displayed at the uh, Emerald Emerald Conference, mm -hmm. and um, that's specifically like cannabis scientists mm -hmm. and, you know, chatting with the scientists and, a lot, you know, they all come from other industries most of the time, right? But right. right now they're starting to have degreed programs, but, you know, these guys come from tox, they come from environmental, from food, from pharma, you know, oil and gas, and now they're, you know, testing cannabis. And they say, you know, one guy was like, I've been in food forever, and he's like, there's no new innovation in food, you know? There's no new way to detect pesticides in peaches. Like, we've been doing it forever, it's ag, we know it. Mm -hmm. um, and then with cannabis, it's like every day there's like a new study, like something different to look at. And, yeah. and so some of these scientists are really getting like reinvigorated in their craft, you know, because they're in this new exciting industry. Cool. It's really cool. Yeah, honestly, we might have to look more into that. But we have a vet Pagano. Any last uh, points we need to know about Gentech? Um, just that uh, we're, we're here for you. We're supporting the cannabis uh, science community, refurbished equipment um, at the OEM standard. So if you have a lab um, or you're looking to sell, but if you're, we want customers. Um, so if you want uh, your science equipment for 75% off new, warrantied, installed, serviced, please contact Gentech. You should give her a call. Yvette Pagano, Chief Commercial Officer of Gentech Scientific.